Hello and welcome to Bites of History with Irene Walton. I'm your host, Irene Walton. Have you ever wondered how it made it to your table? Have you ever wondered how it made it to your shelf? If you love food, then this is the show for you. Bites of History with Irene. I am very excited about today's episode. It is all about the golden age of Hollywood and the crazy things that these actresses used to do and eat to stick to their contracts that kept them employed and kept them, uh, I would imagine, pretty mentally unwell. (laughs) So... If you are not comfortable listening to things about food or diets or weight or things like that, I have five other episodes you can check out. Learn about cotton candy grapes or why, you know, eggshell color doesn't matter. If you are comfortable listening, I think you are going to find some very crazy information. Um, I know I sure did. So buckle in, get ready, and listen up. so aggressive. Big shout out to my very long bibliography of sources today. ABC.net, VintageNews.com, It'sRosie.com, HollywoodLexicon.com, Entertainment.HowStuffWorks.com, HarpersBazaar.com, PastFactory.com, NeglectedVenus.WordPress.com, FineDiningLovers.com, LifeWithD.com, and L.com. Thank you to all of my sources. I couldn't have done this episode without you. Whew. Okay. For those of you who couldn't tell by my general vibe, I really love a lot of old Hollywood stuff. Most things. Like, let's be clear, there were a lot of ideals and practices that I do not stand behind. But the glamour and the style, big fan. You know, I don't know where that necessarily came from. I'm sure a big part of it was sitting down with my dad and watching old movies with Judy Garland and Marilyn Monroe and Rita Hayworth and all of these like beautiful women who were just like airbrushed and always exasperated somehow. And their eyes were like always looked like they were on the verge of tears. And they were just like these beautiful, beautiful women. What I didn't know, you know, when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, watching these women was like, all of the shit that they had to go through to keep up these appearances. And so we're going to be talking all about that today. We're going to dive into the insane diets that these actresses were on, what they used to do to like stay in shape. And I think before we dive into that, I just want to tell you a little bit about what the golden age of Hollywood was ruled by. And it was ruled by this thing called the star system which according to the HollywoodLexicon.com means a system by which Hollywood studios created and managed movie stars from the late 1920s and early 60s. The system emphasized idealistic personas over acting, which studios molded and publicized and which actors were contractually obligated to promote and protect. What this basically means is that a studio would get a hold of a new actor or actress and basically change everything that they wanted to or felt that they needed to about them until this persona was met. And that persona could be the girl next door or the valiant, you know, knight in shining armor. Like whatever persona they wanted that actor or actress to fit, they would make happen. And that could mean changing their accents or their name or, as you can imagine, their appearance. So let's just take a little walk down the road of famous golden age actors and actresses. There's Archibald Leach, Margarita Cancino, Lucille Fay Lesseur, Ruth Elizabeth Davis, Doris Kappelhoff, Norma Jean Baker. Oh, that's so weird. Do those not sound familiar? Huh. Well, that's because these were some of the actors whose names got changed to fit the vibe 
that the studios wanted. The studios basically owned these actors, so much so that like if MGM owned an actor, they could not work for any other movie that wasn't being made by MGM. It was a very different world. So some of those names that I mentioned, Archibald Leach, we know him as Cary Grant, Margarita Cancino, that's Rita Hayworth, Lucille Faye-Lasore, Joan Crawford, Ruth Elizabeth Davis was Betty Davis, Doris Kappelhoff was Doris Day, and Norma Jean Baker was Marilyn Monroe. You know, this is not a political show, and that's mostly because I don't really understand politics, so we're not <laughs> we're not going to talk about how absolutely like triggering and traumatizing this studio stuff must have been for some of these actors and actresses. I just want to tell you about some of the crazy stuff that they had to do to stick to these personas that they were contractually obligated to. Now, for women, part of their image was their weight, which was strictly monitored and contractually obligated with a weight clause that was in basically every single female actress's contract. These women, to keep their job and keep their contract, would do some pretty crazy things and eat some pretty crazy things to be able to stick to the ideal, quote, I'm using air quotes, figure and body image that the studios wanted them to. Let's dive in. One of our first ever golden age actresses was Clara Bow. Clara Bow is known uh, more as a silent film actress, but she was this like very beautiful girl. She was known as the it girl for like what the roaring 20s kind of sex symbol was. She had a wild diet. Clara used to eat about 500 calories a day, which is nothing. That's like what I have for a snack. <laughs> she actually, her diet kind of makes me believe that she might have been one of our first like well-known vegans because she was really only eating fruits, vegetables, and some light carbs. Like she would have a salad without dressing for lunch with like a little piece of dry toast. For breakfast, she would have orange juice. And then for dinner, she would usually just have like some veggies and no meat. So she was eating barely anything. So you can just imagine how hungry this poor girl must have been. And so she was in the 20s. And in the 20s, there was also this weird exercise fad of wearing very, very tight clothes and rolling around on the floor to lose fat, which is, of course, not a thing. But it's 1920. Who knows? You know, they're just they're doing whatever they can. I mean, this woman's eating a, a salad for the whole day. So like, we're not focused too much on what's actually working and what's actually healthy. And now as we're moving more into the 20s and 30s, we see Greta Garbo coming up. Now, Greta Garbo is obviously a very famous actress from that era. And she's known for being like a very strong female lead in a lot of these movies, which was really cool to see all the way back then. But we might as well have called her friggin' Greta Paltrow because she was on something else with her health and wellness way back in the 20s and 30s when it was like not a priority to actually find out what was healthy. I mean, we just saw like Clara Bow was eating, was having a glass of orange juice a day and thinking that that was healthy. But Greta Garbo was actually like really concerned with what was going into her body. So she really ate like a lot of wheat germ and celery loaf, which I think is just like whole wheat flour with celery mashed into it, which is gross. She would also like consume a lot of like barley and really like things that are like gross, healthy kind of vibe. <laughs> and she was actually super, super concerned about like the wellness of her body. So she was really interested in a lot of exercise and moving around a lot. So she was definitely more on the forefront of like health as opposed to like thinness. 
However, that was still like kind of what I, I, at least I believe, was sort of leading her into her own like health and fitness journey. But she really did believe like she was like, if I eat all this stuff, I'm going to live to be 100. She did live for a really long time. So shout out Greta Garbo, (laughs) but I'm not going to eat celery loaf anytime soon. Okay, so now we're moving on to like the 30s and we're kind of getting into like what a sex symbol sort of is becoming. That was Jean Harlow. Jean Harlow played the bad girl, the kind of like, you know, like cool, hot girl who like everybody wanted, but she was from the wrong side of the tracks kind of vibe. This one kills me. Her diet was wild. For breakfast, she would wake up, she would have a glass of orange juice and a black coffee, which seems to be a very common thread throughout these old crazy diets was just like basically nothing in the morning. Okay, for lunch, she would just have two tomatoes and black coffee again. And for dinner, she really, she went kind of crazy for dinner. She would have two tomatoes and black coffee. So this, to be fair, was when she like needed to quote unquote lose weight. But this would be followed for days and days at a time. So like for a week, this woman would just eat like a dozen tomatoes and 15 pots of coffee. I just, I'm sure her heartburn was just absolutely going off. Oh, so much acid. Oh my God. Okay. So now Ginger Rogers, we're talking, we're moving on to the forties. She was like this dancer. She was so beautiful. She was really, really well known for being the partner of Fred Astaire, who was another like incredibly well known like dance man of the of the time in the 40s. We love Ginger Rogers. She was really big into fitness. Like there's no way she could exist with she. I mean, this woman was dancing for like eight hours a day and then would still, you know, exercise afterwards. But her favorite exercise was dance. And this makes me so happy. Part of the reason she loved it so much is because she was like, I'm not really going to diet. I love fried chicken. I love gravy. She was like very much a Missouri Southern queen. She was not going to like give up her favorite foods just to like be skinny. Even though it was contractually obligated, she was dancing and dancing and dancing and moving around all day, every day. So it worked out for her and it makes me so happy. Ginger Rogers kind of reminds me of my mom, just like this fucking cute ass dancer who loves fried chicken and I love it so much. She sort of reminds me of Elizabeth Taylor, who is from a much later era of Hollywood, but um, Elizabeth Taylor was known for like eating whatever she wanted. And she was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to not eat fried chicken. Sorry. And then unfortunately, later people started to make fun of Elizabeth Taylor as she got like older, which is so stupid. But like, they were like, oh, Elizabeth Taylor's gotten bigger. And she's like, yeah, I'm fucking, you know, 70 years old or whatever she was. So she started to diet later in life. But I really, really look up to these women who were like, um, no, like, I'm fine. Even when, you know, Hollywood is like breathing down their neck. I just think that's really cool. So now we're still living in the 40s. And we come on to Betty Grable, who is like the pinup of pinups for at this point in time. She's known for her legs, which were insured for literally a million dollars, which I think is so cool. Now she had these legs because she was a dancer as well. So many of these women back then were just like dancing their way right into our hearts. And she was really big into like exercises as well. There was actually a like exercise teacher. I don't know if they called them trainers back then but who was employed by some of the studios of Hollywood called his name was Dick Klein. And he invented these things called like fun exercises, like the bird peck, which would be like 
I'm doing it right now, but you obviously can't see it. Be like moving your head forward to look like a bird pecking. And that was supposed to like halt any double chin that might happen. And then there was, there's one called the bargain basement where you would like have your arms out and twist like you were trying to get a sale at the bargain basement before another woman could. And that was supposed to be good for your like waistline. People were, people were doing some silly things in the forties, but I mean, Betty Grable looked great. So who am I to talk? Anyway, she wasn't much of a diet girl either, but she, she was kind of this like feast or famine type. So she either ate everything she wanted or didn't eat at all, which I am not promoting, but was what Betty Grable did in 1942. So chill out. Her favorite snack was raw onion and raw garlic. So that's what she would eat. (laughs) So during those times where she was kind of like not eating much, that would be like her go-to snack, which I don't know if y'all have ever munched on raw garlic, but it is spicy. Okay, so now we are moving on to the femme fatale, Ava Gardner. Oh my God, I don't know if you guys have seen her, but wowza. So we're in the late 40s, early 50s. She is known to have a nervous stomach and told reporters when they asked about her diet that she often needed to pack on weight to keep her curvaceous figure. So she was another big dancer. So she danced a lot for exercise and to kind of stay in shape. But she was somebody who was eating candy and carbs and really greasy food. So she kind of forced herself to eat more food so that she could stay kind of voluptuous and have this like very feminine 1950s sort of figure. So it was interesting to hear that like that she sort of had the opposite situation of these other women. So now we're in the 50s. And we have Grace Kelly, Princess Grace Kelly. And I'm going to tell you what, I love her. Her story is insane. May she rest in peace. I mean, may all of these women rest in peace, but Grace Kelly's world was just kind of kooky. She she was a real handful of almonds kind of bitch. <laughs> she would have like fruit and yogurt for breakfast. And if she dared get hungry before 11, which she called 11sies, which is cute. She would snack on like celery and carrots. She just like barely ate. She's just one of these women who was just not her vibe. (laughs) Not her vibe to eat. Now we're moving on to, I'm sure the one we've all been waiting for. We're going to find out what Marilyn Monroe, famous femme fatale, sex symbol, crazy life, 1950s, early 60s Marilyn Monroe used to eat. And it is... It is weird (laughs) and pretty gross. Um, So for Marilyn's breakfast, she used to warm up her milk while she was getting like prepared for the day. She would put her little milk on her hot plate. And once it got hot, she would beat two raw eggs into it and just drink all of that. And she was like very proud of this. She's like, there is not a more nutritious breakfast for a woman on the go than hot milk and eggs. (laughs) Which, like, go off, queen. She looked great. So what do I know? Um, And then she would have her little multivitamin. And she was pretty big into skipping lunch. She just didn't eat lunch very often. But if she did, it would be similar to what her dinners were. And her dinners were usually just a grilled animal protein, which steak was her favorite, but she was known to eat and enjoy lamb chops as well. And on the side, it would usually just be some veggies. And it was usually raw carrots. So she would have, like, a steak, five raw carrots, and go to bed. And she really attributed her protein-rich diet to 
being a big part of her figure and like why she had kind of like the voluptuous hourglass shape that we all know and like associate with Marilyn. Now, she also really liked to stick to this kind of diet because it's so cute. After her acting class at night, she would often go and get like a little hot fudge ice cream sundae. And I just think that that's like so precious to imagine Marilyn Monroe like eating a little ice cream. That's so cute. Is that not adorable? She thought that she was able to indulge in her little ice cream sundae moment because of how much protein and how many veggies she ate. So she thought it all balanced out. But um, yeah, I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could pay me to eat hot milk and raw eggs in the morning, but go off queen. And now for our final femme fatale, who, ugh, just another absolute beauty. Sophia Loren of the 1960s. So we know her as this gorgeous Italian, like, oh my God, so stunning. What a star. I kept her at the end, well, partially because it went with the timeline, but also because she has two quotes that I love. The first one is, everything you see, I owe to spaghetti. She also didn't really care about sometimes being a little bigger and sometimes being a little smaller, which I really, really respect. She is known for saying, I'd rather eat pasta and drink wine than be a size zero. I don't know if I have ever related to anything more. (laughs) Just a big old shout out to Sophia Loren. She stuck to a Mediterranean diet, which is still really popular today. A lot of fresh veggies, a lot of fresh fruit, pasta, olive oil, red wine, lean protein. So she seemed to have just like a really balanced, good diet and like didn't care if she was a size or two bigger every once in a while. And I love that. Now... A lot of these actresses were on these kooky diets and doing crazy things and rolling around in tight clothes on the floor to lose fat. But I also looked up what, um, like a quote unquote, just like the rest of this episode, normal housewife's diet might have looked like in the 50s. Um, And I found this little infographic that was sort of like, here's what you should eat for a day inside, (laughs) like kind of thing. And they were still looking at like, this was definitely a lot more balanced. They were looking at around 1800 to 2000 calories a day. It was like fruit and eggs in the morning with a little bit of cereal and some coffee with maybe some milk in there if they wanted. And then for like a snack throughout the day um, and for lunch, they would have fruit, crackers, some protein, leafy greens, a little butter on some toast, nothing too crazy or out of the ordinary for lunch. Their afternoon snack I saw was like oftentimes just a glass of milk, which is gross. (laughs) Uh, And then very similar to lunch was their dinner, except they would usually have like a larger serving of meat and some extra starch like beans or potatoes. So definitely a lot closer to the way I think many of us eat now, like just a little more balanced than like Clarabeau, for example. But you know, it it kind of just reminds me like there are always going to be trends and diets that come and go and all of these things. You know, some some of these little fads are good for you. I don't think anyone's going to argue that like green juice is bad or like bad for your body, not necessarily bad tasting. But like some are not so smart. Like I don't think two tomatoes and black coffee is going to make anybody a happy camper. But you just have to do what's right for you. I personally, unless there is, of course, like a real medical reason that there needs to be a huge diet change or a very like specific restriction on your diet, I have learned over the years and years and years, maybe just like eat what feels good, depending on how active you are that day. Everyone's just got to do what's right for them. This is not my advice to, you know, take on Greta Garbo's diet and have celery loaf or 
only eat fried chicken. I just wanted to tell you how friggin' kooky it was to be in the golden age of Hollywood and to be a woman because it had these women eating milk with eggs in it. So, you know, to each their own. But let's all just be glad for a moment that we're not contractually obligated to uh, MGM in 1942. So we don't have to eat raw garlic if we don't feel like it. Let me know if you guys have any other crazy actress diets that you've heard of. And uh, I can't wait to take another bite out of history with you next week. I will talk to you all soon. Have a good day. Bye.